Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Yes, it is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the More Wine and Music podcast, the podcast where you discuss music genre over a glass of wine. I want to welcome you to season number three, and we are discussing in the series of the early rock and roll era. Um, If you have not done so, hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button on any platform podcast forms that you listen to. Also, you can go to www.morewineandmusic.com to listen to past music genre that I have recorded from seasons one and two. All right, we're going episode number 26. I decided to start my episode in the early rock and roll era to talk about Fats Domino. Everybody knows Fats Domino and the song Blueberry Hill and Ain't That a Shame. But who was he as a person? Um, Besides being a singer and a pianist, Fats Domino was an American rhythm and blues artist who innovated music, helped lay the foundation for the rock and roll uh, era of the 1950s. He was born Antoine. Fats Domino Jr. on February 26, 1928 in New Orleans, Louisiana. He was born at home by his grandmother, who was also a midwife. Um, his father's name was, and please forgive me if I hatch the name, um, not intentional. His father's name was, uh, I guess, Caliste. Caliste Domino, um, who was born in 1879 and died in 1964, and his mother's name was Maria um, Don, um, I'm sorry, Maria Donatil Gross or Gross, Marie Donatil Gross or Gross, G-O-R-S, and she was born in 1886 and died in 1971. Fats was born into a, a family of eight children. Um, when and this, I found this was interesting. His second language was actually English. Um, the household pretty much spoke uh, Creole French, so he was um, a, a Louisianian um, Creole through and through by you know through his blood. Uh, so he was actually uh, speaking French before he even spoke English. 
Um, his um, By the age of seven, his brother-in-law, whose name was Harrison Verrett, taught him to play the piano and introduced him to the vibrant sounds of New Orleans. And by the age of 10, Little Fats Domino was the talented boy already performing as a singer and pianist. At age 14, he decided to drop out of school to pursue his musical dreams by taking on odd jobs like working in the factory and hauling ice to make ends meet. He was inspired by the likes of boogie-woogie piano pairs like me, Lou Lewis, and singers like Louis Jordan. In 1946, Domino started playing piano for a well-known New Orleans bass band, and the band leader was Billy Diamond, who gave the name Fats to um, Fats Domino. So this is where he received his name of Fats. So here on out, I will be referring to him as Fats. Billy Diamond, um, he recognized the rare musical talent and quickly made him a, a sensation. And by 1949, he was drawing crowds on his own. In 1947, Fats met and married his wife of 60 years. Her name was Rosemary Hall. And together, they also had eight children. So I guess the lucky number for the Domino family was eight. And the names are Antoine III, Anatole, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, Andre, Antonio, Antoinette, Andrea, Enola, and Adonica. So all the children's names um, start with A's after their father, Antoine. <clears throat> In 1949, Domino met collaborator, um, collaborator Dave Bartholomew and signed to Imperial Records, where he would stay there and record records until 1963. Domino's first release was The Fat Man, which was in 1949, and that was based on his nickname, and he also co-written with Bartholomew. It became the first rock and roll record to sell one million copies, peaking at number two on the R&B charts. The two collaborators um, continued to churn out R&B hits and top 100 records for years. The Domino's with Domino's distinctive style of playing um, the piano and accompanied by the sounds of the saxophone and the drum afterbeats in its mellow baritone voice, making him stand out in the sea of the 1950s R&B singers. Domino found mainstream success in 1955, though, with the song Ain't It a Shame. That was covered by Pat Boone as, but Domino um, decided to rename it Ain't That a Shame. Um, his version um, topped the charts um, while Pat Boone version at first top was number one and Fats version became number 10. Um, the, the, his version actually um, increased Fats's visibility and record sales. And he soon re-recorded under the revised name, which 
remains the popular title version today. Um, by the way, it also happened to be the first song John Lennon learned to play on the guitar. Little side note. In 1956, Domino had five top 40 hits, including, quote, My Blue Heaven and his cover of Glenn Miller's Blueberry Hill, which we all know. Every time I hear that song, um, Blueberry Hill, it just reminds me of this uh, old show, Happy Days, because they used to sing that song a lot. So every time I hear that song, Blueberry Hill, it just takes me back to the episodes of um, Happy Days. Blueberry Hill um, hit the number two on the pop charts and Domino's top charting record ever. He cemented his popularity with appearances in two 1956 films, Shake, Rattle and Roll and The Girl Can't Help It. And his big hit, The Big Beat, was featured on Dick Clark's television show, American Bandstand, in, back in 1957. Despite his enormous popularity with both white and black fans, um, it still was segregated. And so often while touring around the country, particularly in the 50s, Domino and his band were often denied lodging and had to utilize segregated facilities. At times, sometimes they would have to actually drive miles and miles away from the venue where they were to be played because they were not allowed to either, you know, lodge there or even eat there because of them being Black, um, which, which is, you know, I can go on a rant on that. Um, they're good enough to entertain and be popular in in a way that they're entertainers, but they're not good enough to eat in certain restaurants or, or sleep in certain hotels. But anyway. Domino still continued to ride high on its success through the end of the decade which is meaning the 50s, and turning out more hits like Whole Lot of Lovin', which was in 1958, and I'm Ready in 1959, and I Want to Walk You Home in 1959 also. When asked about his um, songwriting um, process and has taken inspiration from everyday events, Fats Domino would often say that sometimes something would happen to someone and that's how I write all my songs. I used to listen to people that talk about everything every day and things that would happen in real life. I used to go around different places hearing people talk. Sometimes I wasn't expecting to hear nothing and my mind was very much on my music. Next thing I hear, I would either write it down or remember it good, unquote. Domino believed the success of his music came from the rhythm. You got to keep a good beat. The rhythm was played. We play is from Dixie. And that's from, you know, that's that New Orleans style, of course. <clears throat> After recording an impressive 37 different top 40 hits for the label of Imperial, um, Fast decided to leave the record label in 1963. Um, claiming that I stuck with him until they sold out. And he decided to join ABC Paramount Records, this time without his longtime sidekick, Dave Bartholomew. 
whether, you know, and this is coming into the end of the 50s and into the 60s. So his style of music wasn't, was kind of getting played out in terms of popularity. And whether due to change in sound or because of changing popular taste, Domino found his music less commercially popular than before. And again, like I said, the 60s came on a whole new genre of music in that early bubblegum pop uh, style music in the of the 50s was just, you know, it was just fading out. And by that time, American pop music were revolutionized by the 1954 British invasion, which we all know were the Beatles. Domino's reign at the top of the chart has reached an end. He left, um, he didn't stay at Paramount, ABC Paramount very long. He left in um, 65 and returned to New Orleans to collaborate once again with his old sidekick, um, Dave Bartholomew. The pair recorded steadily until 1970, but only charted with only one more single, which was Lady Madonna, a cover of a Beatles song that ironically had been inspired by Domino's own musical style. Still, Domino's songs in New Orleans sound would continue to influence a generation of rock and rollers as well as the growing uh, music genre in Jamaica. Domino continued to tour for the next two, um, two decades, but um, after an early health scare and experience, you know, while experiencing during, during the tour dates in um, Europe in 1995, he rarely left New Orleans. I'm not sure what the health scare was, but whatever it was, it kind of slowed him down to pretty much, you know, stop touring and stop going on the road to perform. Um, he went back to New Orleans and decided to just live out his life, you know, back in his hometown with his wife and his eight children and, and basically live off the royalties that uh, he that he collected over the years of making, you know, uh, uh, at his heyday in the 50s. Um, he's known to be a quiet, private man. And I, I, can, I can understand that. Um, I've never in my life or heard anything, unless I'm wrong, and maybe, maybe because I'm, you know, from what I remembered, and I'm not, saying I was I wasn't born in the 50s or anything but I've never heard anything over the years of anything scandalous or bad or you know about fast domino I just never heard As a matter of fact I didn't hear it you rarely hear anything of him I really didn't know that he was still um touring um up until 95 so um but he pretty much when you know he's stayed with his wife there were no scandals there uh he lived for 60 you know they were together for 60 years which is a rarity in the entertainment business um and you know he, he to me he's one of those uh few 
music entertainers or entertainers period period that left a legacy and left a you know mark unscathed um he would occasionally though perform at local concerts and at the famed new orleans jazz and heritage festival from time to time but he pretty much stayed out of the limelight he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1986, but he refused to attend the ceremony. Um, likewise, he turned down an invitation to perform at the White House, though he accepted the National Medal of Arts from President Clinton in 1998. Um, despite being urged to leave New Orleans, and this was during the time of um, 2005 and of Hurricane Katrina, Domino, he preferred to stay home with his wife, Rosemary who was in poor health at the time. When the hurricane hit, Domino's lower ninth ward home was badly flooded and the legendary musician virtually lost everything. Many people feared that he was dead, but the Coast Guard, um, the Coast Guard did come and rescued him and his family on September 1st. I if I'm not mistaken, the uh, hurricane, it was around like August 29th, maybe. I may be wrong on that. Um, but he was rescued on September 1st. And Domino quickly put the rumor of his demise um, to rest, releasing the album Alive and Kicking in, 19, um, sorry, in 2006. A portion of the record sales went to New Orleans to Patina's um, foundation, which helped um, local musicians in need. Katrina had also devastated Fats personally to raise money for repairs to his home, friends, and rock star alike recorded a charity tribute album, Going Home, a tribute to Fats Domino. The likes of Paul McCartney, Robert Plant, and Elton John lent their support to the rock early rock pioneer. After Katrina, Domino made a few public appearances around his home city of New Orleans footage from a 2007 concert was captured for a documentary, Fats Domino, Walking Back to New Orleans, which aired the following year. A greatest hits album was also released around that time, allowing a whole new generation to fall for Fats Domino all over again. After that, again, he pretty much stayed out of the limelight. Um, his beloved wife, Rosemary, died in um, 2008. The following year, he attended a benefit concert to watch such other music legends like um, Little Richard and B.B. King perform, but stayed off the stage. In um, October 24th of 2017, um, the rock and roll legend died of natural causes. He was 89 years old. He will always be remembered as one of the rock's earliest and most enduring stars who helped break down color barriers in the music interest, uh, industry. So that was the life of Fats Domino. Like I said, he was one of the few that uh, was left unscathed 
throughout his life. And all the in all the pictures that I've seen, images, he's always smiling. I've never seen a picture of him that he wasn't smiling. So he was, you know, to me, he sounded like he was a very kind and and gentle man, um, but yet private. He wanted his privacy and to stay married to the same woman um for 60 years was a you know was a huge feat for those particularly in the entertainment business because you always hear all kinds of scandals how many and how many times have i even in the last two seasons that i've talked about different artists they were married two times three times or you know whatever fats domino was one of the few that was married and stayed married until death do us part. A lot of my sources that I um, took from Fats Domino's life was by um, biography.com. So I wanted to make sure I source, uh, cite my source. And um, you can go on uh, if you want to read further about him and other artists and their biographies, you know, you can go to um, the biography.com website and there you will find all kinds of um, biography history on different uh, entertainers and music artists. All right. So that's it. That's Domino. Blueberry Hill. Ain't it or ain't that a shame? Um, he was a legend and a um, early pioneer of the early sound of rock and roll. So next week, I'm going to talk about Bo Diddley. I haven't heard that name in a while. So I'm going to I'm going to re revitalize the name Bo Diddley. So we'll. we'll talk about him and learn more about him and what he accomplished in the early rock and roll genre. Again, if you haven't hit that like, hit that subscribe and follow me on all podcast platforms. Um, if you want to listen to other past episodes that I did on um, the blues and um, the jazz genres, you can go on www.morewineandmusic.com and I there are um, audio versions of the uh, episodes, past episodes that I had um, um, that I had performed. Also, if you have a um, favorite artist, um, in the series of the early rock and roll that you are interested in for me to um, profile. You can also leave a comment on the website as well and just leave, leave a suggestion. I'll be glad to research and bring it to, to the audience for viewers and listeners to see and to hear. All right. So again, this is Harriet. Stay safe. And whatever parts of the world you are in, stay warm. I'm in the Midwest, so the chill is now here. So, all right, take care. Bye.